All right, everybody, we're back. First, uh, second week of the panel discussion. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside my two other co-hosts. I'm Greg Knowlton. <laughs> Chris Gello. Guys, thanks for coming back. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, today is going to be technically the first episode of really how we do what we do, so to speak. And, um, you know, we have a format. We're going to review an old comic, review a newer comic within the last month, and talk about an indie comment, uh, comic that will be fan requested, although we did not have any fan requests this week. Uh, but we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Um, any news going on, guys? Well, I mean, I'll start off. Uh, Iron Fist Season 2 uh, drops uh, Friday, September 7th. Very good. And this is going to be very interesting because I think it will – Kind of determine if they continue the Iron Fist character. Yeah. Uh, developing it for Netflix. Um, I'm very intrigued about this season because I think they are going to learn from their mistakes. They didn't say really any involvement from Misty and Luke in this, which kind of makes sense with the way Luke Cage ended. Right. Um, or at least for Luke, maybe not Misty, but, uh, I, what I'm, what I'm really excited for is it looks like we're going to get a full steel serpent, serpent story. That'd be awesome. Davos, he comes back and, and then, but the one that kind of throws me off is Typhoid Mary being the yeah. villain. Like she's mostly a daredevil villain. I mean, Hey, this, this could be really good. I'm wonder if it's almost like a villain for Colleen Wing. It I, seems maybe, you know, something like that, but I'm really intrigued to see where we're going to go with that. I really want to know more about war and joy this year too. I mean, I don't think Iron Fist was as bad as people said it was. I think uh, the action was off. But I think the storytelling, like, I got invested in Warden Meacham and Joy Meacham. Yeah, no, I did like their, their character arcs, uh, angles, so to speak. Um, you know, I thought the action wasn't bad. The story m- jumped around a little bit, but I, th- you know, at first you're kind of confused, but when you finally reach the end, you know, that last episode, um, and everything starts to make sense, starts to come together how, you know, Danny Rand was just kind of played in the game, so to speak. I think it was just Danny that really turned a lot of people off to it. Um, but I think like defenders showed a lot of hope for that character. Like it was already better written. Yeah, it was better written and, and the acting was a little better and his personality was a little better. Like one of my favorite scenes is like right away when they start fighting and Luke Cage is standing there and Danny's behind Luke kind of using him as a wall to get around and, <laughs> and use that combat. Yeah. And just their little quips before I was like, I kind of hope both these shows semi flop. So they just go, Hey, maybe heroes for hire is the choice to go here. Or even just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's a definite route that they should yeah. go. You got to, I mean, the this, Luke, yeah. Luke Cage and Iron Fist are famous on their own, um, popular on their own, but I think the people, the thing that people really want to see is Heroes, you know, for, Heroes, Heroes for Hire. The yeah. episode where he, of Luke Cage season two where he shows up is really well done, and then I think that's where you get your full Iron Fist. Right. You get the best of them when he's with Luke Cage. They play off each other really well, and then it would also open up the doors for a little bit of Daughters of the Dragon, so I think that would be cool too. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch the season. I though. hope he gets his 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 comic book costume. Um, I hope he gets it. They teased that. They did tease it. Okay, I didn't see anything. I hope they do because I mean that Iron Fist the costume is so iconic. Yeah. Um, and actually, what Daredevil? I know it wasn't the color scheme, but Daredevil's costume in the very first season reminded me of Iron Fist's get up. Yeah. So to speak, and yeah, I would really. They would, they would help set it over the edge. You know what I mean? When, when Daredevil first got his red costume, um, we're like, holy shit, you know, this is, this is an awesome moment. And I yeah. think once Danny Rand in the, in the Netflix show gets his iconic comic costume, uh, it's got, it probably will help set 
Iron Fist over the edge too. Well, never nothing. He's a billionaire, so yeah. uh, you should have a you know an outfit. <laughs> um, and one thing I hope for this year is I I'd, I'd like a secondary hero because they they've done Colleen Wing, but they haven't done that much on Iron Fist, right? Um, and I'd like to see uh, Shang Chi. I think it's time to get him. You okay. know. To, not a high cost character. No, you not know, at all. It, it, and it's something that would work with that storyline. You know, maybe somebody helps him beat Davos or something. You know, right, right. Very good. Um, anything else going on? Any new releases that anybody's heard of or that have been announced? Uh, no new releases, but I know I'm excited. <clears throat> Marvel has announced they're moving forward with a couple more Blade projects. There's oh, two more good. announced. And the best part about it is, especially if you're a fan of the the other older movies, that Wesley Snipes is back and he's going to continue to play Blade. I know there's like mixed reviews on on Blade one through three, but honestly, I liked all three of them. I was always a big fan of all of them. My only beef was like, I wish Hannibal King was a little cooler in the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He three had his powers. Me. One and two are really good. Uh, I so I'm intrigued by the two projects because. It, there was that rumor of him mentoring a daughter and I or you know, a young, a young girl blade. And I wonder if that's what they'll go, but I really would love to see a, just a, like a just worn, like gritty Wesley Snipes blade in this universe, in the Netflix universe. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I know they're talking movies, but in the Netflix universe, and then he interacts with Daredevil and stuff like that. And then you could just tell all your own stories. That's where you can introduce Jack Russell and, and characters like that. Yeah. Some of the weirder characters. Without, Man thing, you know. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, Blade would be a nice addition going forward. Um, do you, do you think, I mean, MCU or, or like in the movies, or, I, I feel like you would make it for a better TV show, but I'm sure Wesley Snipes rate is too talk, high for that. They've talked a little bit of both. Oh, really? So like I the possibility. He's not big enough for, I don't think he's too big for TV. Either. No, not okay. anymore. That's fair. The tease has been there's a possibility of a movie and a Netflix series, which he would be the first to do that, which would be kind of cool if, if that's what happened, to see that maybe he bridges a gap in the Netflix series is setting up somewhat, like you said, a darker or a darker Marvel show like Ghost Rider, like something in that world, the, right. the Dark Knights world or whatever is there. Um, well, the Marvel Knights. Yeah, Marvel yeah, Knights. Yeah, Marvel right. Knights. I'm Dark Avengers. There it is. I'm mixing <laughs> There was six. another one. Marvel Knights. There was another one too. I forget. Right. I there's Dark Avengers, Marvel Knights. There's like six there. Um, but yeah, so that'd be cool to see him set something up there. And I don't know. There's a lot you could do with the character of Blade. Midnight Suns. That's it. That's yeah. the other one. And who, possibility, like maybe they do decide, like, hey, let's tie him with Mobius. Who knows? But I don't know. You never really know where he's going to go. What's that? <laughs> that Sony mess. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, know. Um, so, I would love it. I think if, if Blade were to come, I, w- I would like Morbius to be a villain for that. Yeah. Without a doubt. Is it the first original show they announced for the Disney streaming service for Marvel? That may be, like, the first big thing. It's a franchise normal people mm-hmm. know. You put all the Blade movies on there. Um, you know, if they, because they actually, I think they have the, they bought, they bought Fox. So I think yes. they have the rights to have those old Blade movies. So you put all the old Blade movies on there and you're like, Hey, we're going to do Blade, the, the, the TV show. Yeah. And then I think maybe what they'll do is put him in an MCU movie as a mentor for somebody or something. That's a possibility. Like that. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that at all. They've said, basically I was watching some stuff on the streaming service and that they're going to, Everything's going to be on there as long as it's not R. So uh, Deadpool is going to be the only thing they're going to avoid sticking on the streaming service right now. He's still going to be involved. They're still going to keep him the same. But they said 
anything that's not R will be on the streaming service. Oh, good. So that's which basically is all you're going to be missing is Deadpool and Logan. I wonder right. if it would be a slow rollout though. Like if they won't put anything at once. Be like, hey, this month you're going to get, you know, we're going to put Generation X TV show on, <laughs> like stuff yeah. like that. You know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. It's uh, man, it's 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 really good to be a comic book fan right now. We are li- literally living in the best age for it. Um, without a doubt, I think you guys can agree with that. Um, but anything else? If, if no, not, it, nothing. It, it's with Labor Day weekend. It's usually a slower news weekend, slow. but it was cool. We got the Blade news and then with Iron Fist coming out. Um, you know, and, and, that, and like Venom's a month away now too. Yeah, Venom. For for TV purposes though, after that, I mean, you get Daredevil in December. Agents of Shield isn't until next year. Oh yeah. Uh, and. And Cloak and Dagger will be back. Well, I think Runaways is in December, too. Okay. DC and, rolls out all their stuff on CW, yeah, right? So yeah, so, yes, the DC is going to be all October. That's going to be heavy, yeah. which I hope to do a lot of DC that month. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. It's a heavy octopus. I think Aquaman's early November, so yep. yeah. DC's going to be heavy that time. Yeah, period. and we've got Venom coming out in October. Uh, for D- Just quick, for CW, I was just reading today that <laughs> – Cody Rhodes is officially going to be in a five episode story arc on Arrow. So oh, really? Kind of he's cool. in the prison with Arrow. Yeah. So oh, he's dude, a, that's awesome. A large supporting character for those five episodes. So that'll be good. Kind of cool. it, it, it's like they're doing a mix of that script that they wanted to do for Green Arrow or Escape for Supermax and like Batman fighting on an Arkham. Like yeah. it, it, it seems like it's like both of those like scripts together, which, which is pretty cool because yeah, basically all, and they, they got, Oh, Bricks, which was played by Vinnie Jones, he's gonna be in the first few episodes. <laughs> yeah, like they got some heavy hitter villains right. from Arrow's past to do this. So. Oh, very good. I'm excited for for this season for sure. Um, I think it'll be the not that the last couple of seasons have not been good. I think it'll get it back to its former glory, and it's a total possibility. But it'll be good to see. Sweet, very good, guys. You ready to get into this? Yeah, we can get into this. All right. Um, actually, before uh, we get into it, I did want to say. A quick thank you to some people who've helped us set up the show. Um, Kevin Bennett for our opening theme song. Uh, I didn't have time to thank him last week because we came out with the episode before we got the song, but it's awesome. It's very comic booky, and I feel like it's like it's ours. You know what I mean? It just it just rolls with the show. So Kevin Eighth Ave Beats, thank you very much. Um, I'd like to thank Chris Chavez, who is the you know big part of the BICBP Radio Network, um, for designing the the graphic for us so quickly and you know so we can get up on get our first episode on the air and ready to go and yeah just in him for more reasons than one for giving us the green light to go on this um this is fun he's excited we're we're all excited here um we have big ideas as far as you know it's what we want to do with the show and i think uh i think we're going to do some good here you know just Talking to some of these comic book shops and the dealers and and all that. I think uh, I think we got a good thing coming on here. Um, so who wants to start? We're gonna start. Oh, actually, I should read this. Um, so as I we said before, uh, we're gonna do a grading system uh, for an old episode or an old book, a new book, and a like an indie, random, non-Marvel, non-DC uh, comic. And our grading system is as follows. Um, one is the art. And it, all these are based out of, out of 10. You can get a high, highest score you can get is a 10. We have art, story, action, dialogue, 
and reread value. And obviously all the combined scores add up to an overall score, and that's kind of how we're going to rate the books from here on out. Um, so who would like to start? Greg, you want to start? I'll start. Okay, very good. Tell us uh, your book and where you got it from. We're going old first? Old first, yep. All right. So uh, both my books I got from Pulp 716 in North Tonawanda. Okay. It's on East Ave out there. Um, oh, no, this is the Lockport. That's the, the wrong address. There's <laughs> one in Lockport and there's one in North Tonawanda. Oh, good. It's part of both. Main Street area, I think. It's, um... It is. I can't find the North Tonawanda address. <laughs> it is. Oh, sorry. There we go. It's on Webster Street. Okay. Um, it's right near the Wurlitzer. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, they do pastries. They do bubble tea. They do uh, specialty hot chocolates oh, in the winter. Cool. Um, as well as comic books and figures. They are a new release store, so they don't have a ton of back issues. But okay. But still – it's a really great shop. So I picked up Generation X from there for my old comic. Um, I actually – Generation X, this came out in 96. Okay. So I don't think I read too much Generation X. Um, this is the, the cover is pretty cool. It's, um, Omega Red, which is why I grabbed it. I'm okay. a big fan of Omega Red. He is a, he's a pretty awesome, underrated, uh, X-Men villain. I'm surprised he hasn't been in any movies. Yeah. Uh, hey, that means Marvel Studios. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a lot of good places they can use him. Um, so I'm going to kind of talk about, I guess, the story of the comic. Yeah. Um, it, was a little harder for me to get into. I'll say this one, um, not knowing a ton of the Generation X story right off the bat and not recognizing a ton of characters right away. Um, you've got Emma Frost, you have Banshee, and you had Jubilee. And then outside of them, I didn't actually know a lot of the X-Men. So this was kind of cool um, for me to kind of dive into this. The first opening page, you have Husk and Skin. Right. Um Oh, I've heard of them, yeah. Skin has his mutant powers that is six feet extra of skin. <laughs> so his fingers are really tangled up because he's trying to tie a bow tie. Um, <laughs> but essentially they're going to this party for at Emma Frost's. Um, if you don't know Generation X, Emma Frost and Banshee run a separate school outside of um, Charles's school. So they are – I think it's like Massachusetts is where they're supposed to be based out of or somewhat, something like that. Okay. Um, so they have their own student team that they are running and, and it's made up of Jubilee and Husk and Mondo and M, um, and a couple other characters, but they're going to this, this big party and, um, Banshee is actually missing who's their other instructor and they end up, um, you get a little bit of M who is Manet LaCroix, who's, you know, if you know the Marvel comic book, she falls a lot into a lot of the different characters. She has a whole family that it was part of the Hellfire Club. Okay. Um, and they don't know who she is yet, so you get a little bit of a peek into her identity uh, and the fact that her and Emma Frost, Emma Frost is onto her a little bit and knows that she's got more to her than, than everyone, uh, or than she's letting on to. Um, but they essentially find Banshee dead and his his astral part of his body has been split. So they're searching for the astral part of his body after he's been found dead. Um, and you get Emma Frost peeking into his like old life as part of Interpol and actually the start of Magneto. And the fact that, um, that Banshee might actually be a pivotal part in making Lencher into Magneto because really? he wasn't Magneto at the time. So you get like, kind of like Magneto's very, um, what's the word in this? I don't want He's very mysterious. You, he sh- kind of shows up, and the only way you know it's him is through his magnetic powers and his eyes are kind of glowing. I actually thought it was Cable at first, the way they did it. Right. Um, but it's definitely Magneto as far as this is letting you know. And um, 
it's it's really cool because he's just like there, just the silhouette. So he's like a not he's not that same force he is in other X Men comics. Okay. Um, and it eventually ends on them finding the body or the the astral body and Omega Red showing his face. Um, it's good. is is different. I, I was expecting a little more. To be honest, I was expecting a little more Omega Red because he's right on the cover. Right. But he's not there until the very end. Um, I, I can, I think we can post some of the, the panel pictures. Yeah, and, why not? So for the, the panel is awesome that he shows up. Um, and I'll post it. It's a really cool panel. Uh, one of the characters, I'm going to forget his name right now. Chamber, there it is. He actually doesn't have the bottom part of his face. Chamber's every, awesome. Every time he's on the panel, he's just got energy like pouring out of his his face, and it's kind of a cool, <laughs> cool image. It just looks like he's throwing up fire. But right. um, just the panel is really well well drawn, um, and it it was a, it was a good comic. I'm a big fan of the Generation X X Men suits. Okay, you're used to the blue and blue and yellow. These are like crimson and gold, and they yeah, look yeah, yeah. like. Like almost like a sports team, but I'm I'm a big fan of them. They look very different. They're very '90s. Right. Um, I love '90s. That's my favorite time period of comic books. They almost look like they should be working with Omega Red, though. When you look at the comic, <laughs> but I, I it was a it was a good comic. Um, overall, I got to pull up the grading system again. Yeah, it's no problem. Art wise, I'm. I like the realism, um, like that more realistic style art. It's kind of the typical comic book art, but they did this thing where the colors are vibrant but almost dull at the same time. Okay. And I don't know why that. I wasn't crazy about that. It didn't. It made the comic seem very dreary when they're supposed to be at a party and upbeat. So I'd probably give it like a six a on six? the art scale. Okay. Um, I gotta just take a picture of this art. Then we have action. There wasn't much action until the very end. Um, but there was a sense of urgency when certain things started picking up. So I would definitely say they did a good job without filling the panels with combat as making you feel like there was action happening. Right. So, so I would say about a seven there for that. Okay. There's the rest. Um, story wise, this is a good transition comic. Like if this was, this would be the beginning of a TV episode that would set up maybe a long run for a season. Okay. Um, set up a big, the introduction of a big bad. So I would actually say like a, a nine for the story. I liked the story. It kind of gave you a, a look into the different characters and dropped a lot of hints about a lot of stuff going on. And just a, the few pages that were there and set up, like I said, a very big storyline that's going to be happening. Okay. Um, the dialogue again, about an eight, it was pretty standard dialogue. Uh, nothing crazy, but they did a good job at telling the story in that. And then reread value, I would only say like a three for the reread value, to be honest. The only big thing that I would go back and reread is the uh, the Banshee Magneto scenes, just because it was really cool. And you, there's a, I feel like there's a lot to pick up in those couple of panels. But outside of this, this isn't one I would want to keep picking up and go, oh, this was the best book. So, right, right. But okay. it was cool. Okay, very good. So, Greg, with that score, uh, 33 out of 50, so a little bit better than half. So it was a decent book um, from these number standards. Um, so, yeah, 33 out of 50 for – and what, what Generation X, what number is that? Does it have a number or a title to it? It is – I know it's – Death Whale is the main title. There is no issue number on here. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. 
Yeah, but it's from December of 96. December of 96, Gen X. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm going to post, um, I want to post, like, all the, the, the different books we're going, we're, we're covering before the episode drops. So, yeah, that's awesome. December 96, Generation X. I believe it's 96. Now I'm going to double check it. Okay. All right, buddy. Uh, Chris, you're up, bud. All right. So for my older comic, I got it. Empire Comics in South Buffalo, which is great because there's not really many uh, South Towns comic book shops. No, there are not. Uh, and they're in Abbott Road in South Buffalo. And uh, they've been open, they told me, for about a year. Pretty cool place. A little bit of a smaller place, but lots of good stuff. They got uh, a lot of comics in there, figures, stuff like that. So very cool place to go into. They were very helpful, too. Um, for my older comic, I picked a Namor the Submariner Ooh, very nice. uh, run. This is from 1991, and this was issue 16, um, which I know I was taking a risk going that far into it. They kind of give you a nice explanation in the beginning. Uh, basically, this is the run where Namor is trying to clean up the Earth, you know, from people like trying to, you know, exploit the natural resources right. and stuff like that. So. Um, it starts in the Savage Lands, and Kazar is missing, and then they don't talk about that the rest of the comic. Okay. Which <laughs> I thought was really weird. Um, now, is Namor going to be in the new Aquaman movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that they're going to be in the verses. Um, but, uh, so, you have that, then you have Namorita uh, looking for Namor, and she goes to the Savage, Savage Lands, and then... Um, and then there's there's Phoebe Mars is there, and I don't know her angle yet if she's good or bad, but basically they're trying to find Namor. Well, Namor's kidnapped by Ward Meacham and Danny Rand. Oh, and Danny Rand has like gone full, just full bad guy, like with no explanation. And Misty Knight the whole time is is kind of surveying the scene. She's in the background trying to find and everything. And she finds, she finds out like finds Danny and confronts him. Like what's going on here? You know? And all of a sudden Danny just like basically tells her, like, you'll know my purposes. And all of a sudden she's with him now. Cause there's a, there's a small fight between Danny and Namor. And then there, it's a pretty cool fight where Namorita gets involved. Um, but then Missy Knight shows up with a gun. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, first off, she shows up with a gun and tries to shoot Danny, and Danny goes, no, there's a reason behind my purpose, this and that, and then she shoots Namorita. Oh. And, yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> While this is all going on, there's a weird arc where some guy's trying to sell drugs, and the Punisher stops him. <laughs> and it, it was like two, it was literally it was a an arc or an advertisement. <laughs> I know, it was, it was a page long where... Don't buy drugs, and the it's Punisher involved with Desmond you. Mars, okay. and then some other guy gets a, uh, opens up a cake... And then it explodes, and there's I maybe Hydra. I don't know. <laughs> this is we have a proposition for you, and it kind of looks. I don't know. This comic was cool because I'm like, oh, Namor and Iron Fist, and you get Misty Knight, and you get a Kazar reference. Yeah, Punisher dropping. Like on paper, it's very cool. A little hard to understand, like why Danny Rand is just a dick right. <laughs> and exploiting the Savage Lands resources, and 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 him and Ward are doing that together. And you're like, you get the brief description with Namor, but you're not like super invested with him. Like that. He is the ultimate good guy of this book because then you're like, Oh, there's Missy Knight. Oh, there, you know, and then Missy Knight shoots Emory and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> um, it was not, not a bad comic at all, but it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting a typical team up 
against somebody, and I did not expect the bad guy to really be the Iron Fist. Yeah, that's shocking. Um, usually, you get there's a lot of hero hero on hero confrontations sometimes in comics, especially the '90s ones. Um, so that's what I thought, like a good guy, good guy type thing. But yeah, looking at your cover, and then hearing that, that's uh, it's an interesting angle. I wonder what it actually ended up developing into. But um, all right, Chris, what, how would you rate it in the art department out of ten? Um, art department, um, it's your typical early '90s comic book art, not as cool as '60s Deco style, and doesn't pop like the Gen X art that you had there, Greg. So I, uh, I give it a six. Okay, they kind of did the Savage Lands justice. Okay, um, typical '90s graffiti scenes when they're back in New York. So I yeah. thought that was all right. Um, what next thing is story, right? Uh, yes, sorry, yep. So for story, like I told you, I was a little confused. I'm gonna give it a five. Five. Like okay. I, I, I was excited there was a fight, but I was just like, <laughs> why is a guy getting a, a cake in a prison? Why is a Punisher beating up a drug dealer? Why is Kaz, well, like Kazar is missing and that's it? Yeah. You see, and I, I, I know I'm gonna get shot out there. I do not know her name, the Kazar's, uh, Kazar's wife, <laughs> but she's like can't find him, and that was it. That's the last you see of. Uh, that, that's the, the first, first page. The first page. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, there's a payoff there. I know that, but well, yeah, you know, if you're, he's in the Savage Lands, Kazar's got to be involved. But it was, I was a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so art story, um, action, action, the action. Next one. Um, I'm gonna give that a seven. Okay. Um, the Iron Fist fight with Namor was pretty cool. Uh, Namor basically being kidnapped like military style, and they're basically drying him out. Okay. Which I thought was really cool. Wow. I thought that was some nice. Uh, with that, like, um, and Misty Knight shooting Namorita, I thought that was pretty neat. So that's no, that's 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 crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, it was it was that early nineties, like drug dealers and guns, and it was craziness. Good times. Um, dialogue, dialogue next. Yes, uh, dialogue. I mean, I I I give, I give that a six. Okay. Um, it was like I said, like. I thought it was well written, but then like you don't know really know why Misty just said, "Oh, Danny, oh, you're the Danny I always loved," and let's you know shoot people. <laughs> but, I don't know. It was just you know, and you like I said, I wish there was just a little more of. I get that like they're probably trying to build it up in further comics, but this is a Namor run where he was basically with a different hero every single comic. Right. How long is this Iron Fist payoff going to be? Right, right. You know, so okay, I I, I felt like I could add a little more explanation of why that was happening. Okay, and uh, last but. Well, it's actually least. Uh, reread value. Um, I don't know if I'd pick this up ever again. Would I want to pick up issue 17? Probably to get an explanation on Iron Fist. Okay. Um, but as far as like always showing this is a good comic, um, I, I guess the ending is kind of cool. <laughs> like, hey, remember that time Misty Knight shot me Marita? <laughs> so for that, I'll give it a five. Okay. All but, right. Anything else, like, you know, it's it. just kind of, but I know early 90s comics were like that. They were just kind of all over the place. They were. They were. Now everything is kind of, like, united, and, yeah. 29 out of 50. So just just barely over half. So that's four. Um, what's the issue number? In, uh, it is issue 16 in volume one. It was Namor the Submariner. Marvel's first and mightiest mutant. Very run. good. And then 1991. Okay. 
Good year. That's the year that's I was a, born. A difference between the art, like that's ninety one. This is ninety four. I said ninety six earlier, and it is Changed such a difference. This was a holdover from the eighties, and you could yeah. tell in story context and artwork, and you know, because I have a nineteen, which I want to review in a couple weeks. I have a nineteen eighty nine Sp- Amazing Spider Man where he fights Abomination. Oh, oh wow! Cool. Um, I'm going to actually probably, uh, and she all helps him too. I'm probably going to maybe review that next week. Okay, but that artwork. Two years before this in '89 is almost dead on. Right, our work in is very similar. Yeah, it, like it changed drastically. Like, um, you remember the the new X Men? Um, like they came out. I think it was like '90, '91, '92. Um, you know, they went from the old the old style, um, their costumes and all that stuff. And the next thing you know, we have what we know as like the animated series. Yep. Um, those costumes. Um, I think it, I think that transition happened in '92. Um, but it was just such a 92 was the year of the show. And honestly, it was the year of the popularity of them. Cause they were always a fixture in comics, but yeah, I don't think anybody was clamoring for X-Men stuff no. until 92. No, no, you're exactly right. The, the, uh, the show definitely helped, but like, even oh, yeah. like the costumes, like, you know, the, the artwork, um, as far as those went, it, it drastically changed. I think people's perception because here and now they're not all just, you know, a bunch of weirdos dressed up in the same costume. They had different. Different colors, different costumes. You know, you got Wolverine in his in his you know Cyclops with that that famous you know the blue with the he didn't have the head the head cover yeah. on and and whatnot and it, like it was just a new look and it, it fit the new like age of comics a new new age of art I guess. Jim Lee is really huge. To, yes, to, to yes. for that. Like, yeah. and, and you could see how when he left and went to and started his own and it was yeah he did great that um that that that. The first issue they did like four. They did four releases um, with different covers, and those are some of my favorite comic book covers of all time. Like Cyclops and Wolverine on the same cover, um, Beast and maybe Rogue or Jean Grey. You know what I mean? Just, just so good, so good. But um, all right, I will move on to mine. Um, I actually picked this up at a, a flea market type, or uh, it was a Memorial Day weekend. I grabbed it in uh, the town of Wilson. They have a big, hmm. big flea market thing um, every year, and I went. and I'm glad I saved my money. It was the last table on this place. This guy had a box of comic books, two boxes actually, um, selling them for three bucks a pop. And I ended up buying about like fifteen, and he, I bought so many he gave me an extra like five. But um, one that caught my attention, and this is the one I'm about to read or explain is it's uh, Marvel Comics Presents and it's issue 120. It's from 1992. And the way it was packaged, I thought it was going to be an entire issue of Wolverine and Venom, which I'm like, wow, that's a really cool team, especially in the 90s. Um, but then as I read, in, read into it, the, the Wolverine and Venom story, along with the other ones, were just a few pages long. They weren't very long at all. Um you know, there was a there was a side story with uh, Constrictor, who's normally a villain, if I'm not mistaken, um, and they kind of gave him like a little hero angle. And then you flip it to the other side, and it's a Ghost Rider and then a Cloak and Dagger team up. I saw that, and that looked cool. And it looked like a giant snake. Giant snake. What, what the heck? I think it was the, the it was a dragon. Giant oh, okay. dragon. His name is Grimbat. Um, <laughs> yep, Grimbat is his name, and. Um, and then also the other the the one person or the one hero, other smaller article was uh, was a spider a Spider Man one. Um, didn't fight any villains or anything, but I'll start at the top uh, with Wolverine and Venom. It, I didn't read the previous issue, 
But obviously there was some kind of encounter, and they're they're on the astral plane. They're fighting with a character named what was it called? Let me see. It was some some very random name. Nightmare. Nightmare. That was the name of the character. Um, that's the thing. This thing on the cover. That's not a nightmare from like the uh, Black Panther comics or something. No, like that. I don't. I mean, he's dressed in tribal gear. This thing, so it's entirely possible. Um, which actually that adds another interesting layer. Um, but it, the comic starts off with Wolverine and Venom on the bottom of a waterfall. They both hit rocks. They both fell over. Um, it looked like they had been in some sort of encounter. Um, but they were both brought there for a, for a reason. Uh, and Eddie's laying there. The symbiote has receded from him, and he's about to get eaten by a herd of crocodiles, alligators. Uh, Wolverine pulls him to safety, and he recovers. Uh, the symbiote starts to recoup, and then they talk, discuss about being partners to go figure out what, you know, nightmare is all about and what's going on. And actually, my favorite panel um, of it is Wolverine saying, "Just one more thing, I want to get straight between us." And Venom goes, "What's that?" And Wolverine shoves his claws through his Venom's abdomen. He goes, "This." <laughs> Turning the page over, he goes. Then Venom goes, "I think we're going all going to get along just fine." <laughs> Which I thought was really cool, but that 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 mini uh, story ended with Wolverine and Venom going off together. Um, Wolverine kind of learning about Venom's soft side, about protecting the innocents, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. But they're going onward to fight Nightmare. Um, Constrictor one, real quick. I never cared for the Constrictor character. I actually heard very little about him, but it was a little bit of a hero angle where he protected some kid. Um, from some robbers and just showed his good, oh, and an abusive dad. And, uh, the guy beat up the abusive dad. So it was a nice little, little touch. And Nick Fury just came out of nowhere at the end of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> was trying to make sure he did the right thing and, and he did. But, uh, so that was the constrictor one. On the other side, Ghost Rider, Cloak and Dagger. It actually starts off with Ghost Rider and Cloak, or, yeah, Cloak. They're going to save Dagger. She's under, she doesn't realize it, but she's under the control of this Grimbat um, um, dragon. And they actually capture, they capture Ghost Rider and, and Cloak while trying to save her. Um, Grimbat's intention is to marry uh, Dagger and absorb her life energy. Um, and will never need to, will never need to, like he, he's kind of like uh, a leech, not like a leech, but he absorbs, he absorbs other people's life force um, for the benefit of his own. And if he succeeds in getting Dagger, then he'll never have to do this again. Um, but it ends. Ghost Rider and Cloak break out of the prison, and they're going to save Dagger from Grimbat. And that was the end of that one. And then the Spider-Man one, super brief, just like the Constrictor. He beats up a couple uh, robbers. He takes off, and some kid sees him with his mask off. And he has the look of his old... Like original look, haircut, the little haircut, the glasses, um, just dressed up kind of like a dork, uh, so to speak. And some guy overhears this kid saying, "Mom, mom, that Spider-Man without his mask." And everyone's like, "Oh, the mom's like you're crazy." But this kid or this guy talks to this kid and, and gets information out of it. 
and there's this big reveal. Um, J. Jordan Jameson thinks he has the look of Spider-Man underneath the mask, publishes it, and Peter Parker's laughing because it's his, it's like old look. He doesn't really dress up like that anymore. And he goes, the good thing I did, <laughs> he says, good thing it's nobody I know. And that, that's the end of it. It's just a picture of, uh, like a, a police sketch of, uh, old Weird, Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I was, I was a little taken aback. Like I said earlier, I really wanted it to be a full issue of Wolverine and Venom. Um, cause that's what, that's what hooked me to it. Uh, and apparently there's more issues after this, which continue, uh, Wolverine and Venom story as well as, Ghost Rider, uh, Cloak and Dagger. Um, it, but you know what? It actually felt, it was a quick read, but it actually, I did like the aspect of it feeling like a, uh, like a Sunday comic. So, you know what I mean? It, like yeah. a Sunday comic, it was really quick and, you know, it hooks, maybe hooks you just enough to want to tune into the next one. Um, but as far as, let's see, we'll get into the rating system. Uh, starting with arts. Uh, I personally am a huge fan of that 90s gritty, um, you know, just style. That's the way I remember most of these characters. Uh, so I'm going to actually give the art an 8. I'm very big on 90s art, and that's really more my forte. Because um, that's, that's what I know. That's what I grew up on. That's what I know. Um, as far as story, very hard to digress because all the stories were so quick. You got just enough. Um, where you would know what's kind of what to expect next, just, but it was just enough. All, all the stories were maybe three, four pages long. Um, so in the story department, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, action. Not a whole lot of action going on in it. I mean, Spider-Man beating up the bank robbers, which is two, three panels. That was mostly it. I mean, the, the spot where Wolverine stabs... Venom with his claws, that's, I mean, that's about as much action as that got. Um, so it's also going to be a four in that department as well. Uh, dialogue. I actually did like some of the discussions and I, I'm, I'm big on crossovers, you know, crossover characters and, and seeing how they interact. The, the Venom Wolverine dialogue, you know, interactions, I liked very much and I would buy the next issue. And then issues after that to see where that goes. You know, I would like to see a full comic, Venom and Wolverine. And that's like a dream team or a dream fight, so to speak. So in the dialogue, I'm going to give a seven. And then, and the reread value. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to give it a three. Uh, like you said, it was a comic, uh, like the Sunday comic feel. It's, it's, you know, it, it catches you, you read it, and then you move on. And it's not something I would pick up again to, to really just grasp or anything, because there's, there's not a whole lot to grasp. There's not enough story in any of the books for you to really grasp on and hold on to anything. Like, I'll reread Maximum Carnage comic books all the time, Spider, other Spider-Man issues. Reread them all the time, no problem. Um, but this, yeah, it was just, just too short too short for everything. Um, and that leaves us with an overall score of 8 plus 4 plus 4 plus 7 plus 3 26. 26 out of 50. 
barely passable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me ask you about So do you think it might have been like a free comic book day comic because it kind of seems like four stories in one? Yeah. No. Not a huge issue? It's, a, it's possible. I mean – it's a, there's a price on here, dollar fifty, you know, US. Oh. Um, so it was definitely sold. It's just it's just an interesting way to sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would I would have preferred whole stories. You know, each of those comic books they can be drawn out. And, you know, they can have full books and have a nice drawn out story with it. Um, but it was interesting. Marvel. There was a lot of like weird releases in the seventies, eighties, and even the early nineties. Um, where it was just a bunch of different stories yeah. thrown together. And, I mean, this might have been towards the end of that, them doing that, maybe. I do not know. Um, but, yeah, it was it was aight. <laughs> <laughs> and to correct what I said, Nightmare, uh, Dr. Strange villain. Dr. Strange villain. Okay. Yes. Very, very Astral Strange plane, villain. That should have been a giveaway. Yeah. And then also to Constrictor, traditionally a villain in the Serpent Society, so... Okay. That's why I figured I knew him too, but I couldn't remember. Okay, that's what I figured. So, they, I mean, there was a nice little angle that show a human side, I guess, uh, a good guy side. But yeah. yeah, so so far we have we'll go through the scores. Greg with the Generation X, nineteen ninety four, ninety four, ninety four, um, with a thirty three out of fifty. Chris's old book is Namor the Submariner, and twenty nine out of fifty. And mine, Marvel Comics presents. 120, 26 out of 50. So, not bad. Not bad. Moving right along. I missed the team-up week theme. I should have, I had Cable versus <laughs> Ghost Rider in my hand, oh which would have been kind of cool. Especially. That does sound pretty cool. You know, and I had it and I was like, alright, I'm not going to do this one. We I'm going to have that in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good thing. You're, we're going to tease that, but, um, yeah, but that, I had a couple ideas for the old one, but we'll, I'll end up reading those later. Yeah. Um, this just kind of jumped out of me. But There's so new- many. There's so many. Dude, I, I would, if we had all the time in the world, I would do like five old books a piece. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's just, it's so much I And mean, there's only 70 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have something to do. And it's crazy how different, like you could read an old one and the new one and the story is totally different. Yeah. Um, at the same characters, even the backstory sometimes. So yeah, it, it's cool to, to jump into the old stuff, especially Generation X was cool for me because I, I was like X-Men Evolution. I did get a little bit of the animated series. Um, cause we're right around the same age, but, yeah. but I, I watched a lot of that, but I, the comic books I didn't get into until later on. Right, right. So some of the stuff I missed, the mark on, but, um, I'm excited for my new comic. I'm super excited for this new comic. I read issue one of the newest run of Fantastic Four. Ooh, very nice. Um, and they blew this thing up. It was actually a little more expensive than most. Oh, comics. really? It was like a $6 comic, oh, I think. Oh, shit. They know the popularity of it, and right on it, it says it's back. The world's greatest comic magazine. Like, I think Marvel knew the the gravity of what they were releasing, and that people were really excited for this. Um, I loved it. I'm gonna say right off the bat, yeah. before I even give a score, like this was a great comic. Um, essentially, if you don't know where the Fantastic Four has been, without getting into the real world politics of it, um, Secret Wars happened. Doctor Doom created Battle World with the powers of the Beyonders. Yeah, um, messed everything up. But well, it took Reed Richards' family as his own. So Sue uh, Franklin and wow, I just forgot her name, Valerie. Oh, right, yeah. his daughter. Yeah, um, all became Doctor Doom's kids. Oh, 
Uh, and then there was a, a small group of Avengers that and villains on both sides. Thanos was on the villain side, um, and you had Ultimate Spider-Man hanging in on there. You had a couple other characters, Namor. Um, you had Phoenix Fork Cyclops in Secret Wars. Ooh, that's uh, my favorite. You had Spider-Man, and you had this whole group, Black Panther, um, that ended up helping Reed to take down Doctor Doom with this. Reed actually earned the powers of the Beyonder, and him, Sue, and his children decided to actually stay and create new worlds, which was a soft reboot for the Marvel Universe. That okay. started the all-new, all-different, um, especially because Franklin wanted a younger world with younger superheroes. So right. he, using the power of the Beyonder, Franklin and, and uh, Reed kind of made the world the way they saw fit. So that's the oh, soft cool. reboot. So that's what they've been doing, those, those ones. Doom, in the meantime, uh, had become... Iron Man after Civil War II and infamous Iron Man. Um, Reed actually healed Doom's face and Doom kind of became good. He realized the whole reason he was the way he was is he wanted what Reed had. He wanted a family. He wanted joy and he didn't have a lot of those things. Um, and so he gave up Laveria and oh. he became Iron Man and the infamous Iron Man. It's only 12 issues. Read it if you get a chance. Okay. Um, uh, Doom and Riri Williams get together at one point, and it's it's just a really well done comic. Um, so that's where they are. Thing joined the Guardians. Human Torch joined the Avengers. So Fantastic Four is completely split all over the place. Um, at one point, Doom, Torch, and Thing all get together uh, and kind of work together and have almost a pseudo Fantastic Four. Um, and then. There's a lot leading into this comic. Um, <laughs> then Doom got beat down by a group of villain, villains, and his face was damaged again. So that's where Doom is left. And Johnny and the Thing are kind of back together. So that's where the comic book starts, before we can get into it. Um, where it picks up is Johnny still wants the Fantastic Four back. He still believes uh, uh, Reed and, and Sue are alive. And he's just hanging out at a football game, and they – they make this weird reference to the fact that he can sing really well. And you don't know why, like he's just singing at a Mets game and someone mentions how great he is. Um, and you get thing, uh, interacting with Alicia, okay. which is awesome. You get to see him like playing with cats and it's a very, they're very humanized in this. And then all of a sudden the fantastic four flare goes off in the sky and Johnny bolts off after it. Cause he thinks Reed and Sue are back. And then you have, the thing kind of actually get depressed going like, no, this isn't real. Like this isn't happening. They're not going to be back. because yeah. We can't fool ourselves and let ourselves be okay with this. Uh, and he's comforted by Alicia and she just tells him that like to be hopeful. And you have Johnny flame on and fly off to find it. Awesome. Um, it's actually a group of kids from Yancey street who shot off the flare. They broke into the building, took the flare and shot it off. So you kind of have this defeated Johnny storm and this, you know, defeated thing kind of going, oh man, this stinks. Yeah. Um, they're never going to come back and it's starting to set on, on storm. You get a cool, there's a cool little set of panels where you get to see all of the, um, the substitute fantastic four members. So you have lady Medusa, you have Luke cage and you have crystal kind of showing up doing these like television interviews about, oh man, we're upset. The fantastic four isn't coming back. And right. Luke cage basically kind of calling out, not in a sense, but like, Saying like he would have never let his kids get involved in this life the way Reed did, right? Because um, all of the the Future Foundation kids are also missing. Oh, um, they're all kind of off with Reed. So you get that. You get Johnny Storm's 
like you get to see it in all of the other stuff Johnny's in now, but his new suit is just so cool outside of the Fantastic Four. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and then it starts to pick up a little bit. It's a really big comic. Okay. It's a longer, it's a, definitely not a normal length. It's worth the money you paid for. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. It's almost a double length. Um, this is where I, I, I think it's kind of cool. You get to see the thing kind of reminiscing, um, about this time that they were all trapped and there was this basically this fairy, like alien fairy that was trying to get them back to earth. And the only way to get them back was to sing with the earth's vibration to match that vibration. And that's where the Johnny storm comes in and Johnny storm. If it's a really cool pop culture reference, Johnny storm starts singing Donka Shane where he's on essentially this alien parade float. Okay. So you get like the Ferris Bueller feels out of it. <laughs> I mean, if you can think of the Ferris Bueller of the Marvel universe, it's Johnny. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a really great scene. And like everyone asks like, who's the best singer? And Sue Storm goes, it's me. And everyone else goes, nope, it's Johnny. Like <laughs> she's just got like this, this, there's actually a panel where her quotes are in ice <laughs> because she's so angry. That's cool. Um, and then they, they get back and, you actually get the thing proposing to Alicia. Oh, good. Uh, and they're engaged now, and they go to ask Johnny to be the best man. Johnny has a, like, snap saying, the only person that should be your best man is Reed. And he loses it. You actually, like, watch Johnny, like, fly up in the air, start yelling at Reed, and then come down crying. And it's this really emotional panel. And then the um, signal flashes in the sky, and it is Reed and Sue are making this machine, and they're ready to come home, and oh. you have that moment. Then the other half is just a very brief um, look into Latveria, and there is this rebellion group that is trying to get away from the servo bots. Okay. And they're looking for the the master because they've heard he's returned. And you see Doom with his face all jacked up, and this woman come and bring Doom his true face, which is his helmet. And Doom returns back to his his true power and starts leading this rebellion against Latveria. Wow. So it is, it was a really cool panel. They actually switched up the art style for that. And I really, I really liked that. Like it just made it feel different. Right. Right. But it is like a doom. All he's got is like lower half cloak, no pants, sh- no shoes, no upper body outfit, his upper half cloak and his mask. And he looks like super just old school, <laughs> but like, the panels for him, he just looks powerful, and I am right. a big fan of this. Um, so I'll jump into the rating system. Yeah, absolutely. The art, there were two, like I said, there were two different styles. The Doom was more old school, realistic, gritty, and then the Fantastic Four had this realism, but like vibrant, very sci-fi, like popping color, um, family-esque okay. art to it. But I loved both. I would give the art a nine. Okay. Honestly. Um, I really liked the way this comic looked on both ends. Um, the story again, I, I honestly, I'm going to go nines across the board, almost completely minus action. Okay. But the dialogue was incredible. The story was incredible. Um, action because there wasn't a lot. I'm going to say a four, four. Okay. There was a little bit of action in the end with the doom. Um, there was a lot going on, but as far as, actual action like if you want to see a fight this isn't the comic book for that this is a story comic book it definitely goes after your feels okay um and i normally don't like those kind of comic books i love this i really like this uh and again yeah dialogue is a nine reread value is a nine so okay it's gonna have four nines in a four 30 oh that's 40 yeah. right yeah my math's correct yeah that's 40 40 for the fantastic four that's how we do it <laughs> um 
Our highest rated yeah, book they have so a four far. In there, so. Re, the reread value, like I said, and I think reread value, we should go as far as well as saying, like, would you continue the series? I can't wait for issue two. Yeah. I can't wait for issue two, and I will reread this. I've actually already kind of have reread some of the panels because it's just very well done. Um, oh, and there was another pop culture reference. Um, Alicia names her new cats that she got, Rocky and Adrian, which is kind of oh. cool with <laughs> the thing as well. You've got yeah. – that's kind of the Rocky and Adrian I of the Marvel Universe. So uh, this was an awesome comic, and I'm I'm so excited for Fantastic Four to be back. Like it is – it was long time coming, and I can't wait to see what the Marvel Universe does on, on paper and on the big screen with them. So this was cool. Yeah. Good. I, I kind of want to pick it up now. So like I said, I grew up on the Fantastic Four in the 90s, so I, yeah, I'm definitely going to grab that. I'll let you borrow it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Save me some $7. <laughs> All right, Chris. Go ahead, bud. All right. Uh, what an awesome comic this was. This is Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, this is issue two. Um, and they, they give you a nice little description of issue one. Issue one is basically, this is basically the whole story is, is he, Odin sends him back in time, and this is Cosmic Ghost Rider, so this is Frank Castle, Punisher, Ghost Rider. Odin sends him back in time uh, when he's in Valhalla, sends him back in time to kind of, like, uh, you know, change his action, change his ways, give him a second chance. Because, you know, basically to sum up what happens in the Infinity Storyline where Thanos wins, he basically, you know, makes the, you know, well, Cosmic Ghost Rider is a herald of Galactus, and he... Thanos kills Galactus and then, and then now he basically enslaves, uh, Frank Castle, but then Frank Castle kind of loses his ways and actually like starts to believe in what Thanos is having him do and, you know, and, and all that. So when he eventually dies, he sent to Valhalla and like said, Odin sends him back to kind of give him a second chance in time, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the coolest thing is, is it really tells you right away, like, what's going on. Um, I didn't read the first issue. I don't think I need to. It basically, the first issue is he goes to kidnap baby Thanos to kill him. He wants to kill baby Thanos, but he can't do it. Yeah. He can't. And that just shows that, that good that's still in Punisher's heart. He can't kill baby Thanos. So now, um, and I know you, you talked to me about this out there. So now he's traveling the galaxy with baby, uh, Thanos, much like, uh, the Hangover movie, <laughs> but, it's, but it's got chains. Can I see a picture Thanos. of this baby Thanos? <laughs> uh, yes, here. It's like the here. new thing DC did. The baby Dark Side recently. I don't oh. know. Like they love like the most <laughs> baby tough villain. The, yeah, so this is yeah. This is basically the same thing, which is kind of funny. Um, for, like there's just a picture right there if you can see it. Like, <laughs> he's, it it's incredible. It, it, it just it's awesome. So the story really picks up. They're in a planet. They're in a bar. And he tells the bartender to serve Baby Thanos a drink. <laughs> and basically what he's trying to do is he wants to teach Baby Thanos the ways to be good. Like, yeah. And that is such a good story arc. Like, I think it's great. Like, I'm like, wow, this is so like this is so cool. Like, this is like something they would do with like a Deadpool storyline. Yeah, so like, like, that's all I can think <laughs> So <laughs> So he's in this bar and he's basically like trying to get Baby Thanos to drink and <laughs> and this you know, these, these aliens are like, no, he's a baby. <laughs> and then, like, so this giant, like, alien is like, you know, and, and, and Frank Castle keeps saying, well, you're all going to die anyways. You're all going to die because he knows what happens. Right, you're, right. You're all going to die anyways. And they, and this giant alien who's the manager, and I found the funniest thing to the bartender says, let me get my manager. And it was like this big alien. <laughs> it was such a, it's just, like, it was just like, 
Yeah, well, I'm going to get my manager. It was so good. <laughs> and then the baby, so here he is. He's trying to teach baby Thanos. But then, like, he's fighting with the alien, and baby Thanos breaks off a beer bottle. <laughs> and charges at the alien man. You know what? You don't even have to grade this. I'm giving this tens all. Yeah, it's just the first few pages. The greatest thing ever. Like I feel like we definitely landed on the right books for us so far. Like, no, this, this is, is, this is totally a good book. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you that. So, so now like he's in the bar, and, and they're like, "What do you mean you're gonna die?" They they finally decide not to fight him and baby Thanos, and then Galactus shows up. And that's basically what he means is Galactus is going to wipe out the planet or whatever. So now Galactus is there and Frank Castle's trying to talk him out of killing these people and this and that. And don't you remember me? This and that. Cause remember Galactus, this is back in time before he made Frank and Harold. So Galactus doesn't remember making him Harold. Right, right. Or anything like that. Um, and he's trying to say like, don't you remember your powers? You know, you have the powers to kind of see, you know, and this and that in my mind. Look in my mind what I know. While that is happening, star sharks show up, and uh, they're basically flying sharks in space. <laughs> My jaw just dropped. Star I know, I know, sharks. listeners, you can't see it. My jaw just dropped. I'm star all about sharks. sharks. Just show up, <laughs> and now Galactus and 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 Cosmic uh, Ghost Rider kill the star sharks. <laughs> the, the whole planet is happy. Where's Peta? <laughs> it doesn't look like the planet, you know. But now Galactus is starting to remember. He goes, "Oh yes, you were one of my heralds." This and that, and they all these flashback scenes of like Galactus and Cosmic Ghost are killing like Groot's family and oh, all this. God. Yeah, just all this crazy. Like this, just I don't know if you guys can see. I know you can't see it on the podcast, but this That's just a cool whole panel. big like yeah. flashback memory panel is so cool. So then. You know, Galactus, the, the, they're like, okay, he goes, all right, fine, so now we kill baby Thanos, right? And he's like, no, we can't, like, Frank's like, no, we can't kill, you know, baby Thanos. So now Galactus is mad, but then Utu the Watcher shows up. <laughs> and All the cameos. And Utu's very upset because he's like, what are you doing here? Why did you go back in time? And he's like, oh, I'm going to try to make Thanos good. He's not going to try to, you know, kill, you know, kill half the universe or whatever. And the best line, and I have to read this word for word, because this made me crack up. He goes, Francis, <laughs> by making this choice, you just created a timeline in which the Punisher raised Thanos as a child. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it does sound like a hangover movie. Like it this, does. this so, would be like, what? well, Frank goes, okay, so. And then Utu goes, watch this, and boom, there's an explosion. Uh, Frank is, is, is on the ground. He gets stepped on and it's cable and the guardians of the galaxy. Oh and my God. The, the guardians of the galaxy of cable consists of cable. Jubilee, who looks like more badass than she's ever looked in her life. Jubilee. Um, a Miss Marvel, who's now Captain Marvel with a Captain America uh, shield. Really? Very interesting. Um, Rocket Raccoon who looks to be Iron Man, uh, an Iron Man armor. Really? Um, and Jugger Duck. <laughs> that is the greatest thing ever. Um, and then it to be continued. Wow. That's I, awesome. I expected cool. I got way more than cool. <laughs> um, this was really the perfect blend of humor, action, 
and, and nice storytelling. Yeah. Because they're tying in, much like how yours was a first run, but it really worked back on that post-Secret Wars. This tied into the last Infinity War and, and, and all that and how Thanos won, the, the one where Thanos won. So that was, I thought that was really good. Um, so it's, it's for, first off, it's artwork. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm one of those douches that just doesn't give tens. <laughs> Normally, that's okay. We'll eventually get one of us to crack, and we'll have a perfect. I mean, this. I mean, this artwork is really cool. It no, is. It's so good. No, that panel you just showed us a little while ago. Not that the podcasters can see it. But yeah, it was. I mean, it's impressive. Work. Um, the artwork's really cool. I mean, I should give it a ten, but I don't know. I'm just be give it a nine. Uh, story uh, telling. Um, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Very good. I never read that that run where Thanos won the Infinity War. There's your War. ten, huh? You broke. Yeah, well, I, I guess I can't give all tens. <laughs> but the I just I was invested in the story the whole time. I mean, it's it's almost like a 1980 sitcom where he's raising a baby, but, but then like this guy from his past shows up, and then like some really badass dude. Like it's just like I don't know. It, it just it, it told. It, it's weird. It told like four stories in one, but it wrapped it all in. Right, right, right. Would you, you know, would you have like Ghost Rider Tony Danza? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I was thinking more like Tom Selleck. <laughs> Selleck, or, or you know what? No, no, actually, uh, Selleck would be my Galactus. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, why is his name escaping me? Ted Danson. Okay, oh, it was Jesus. almost Ted. Ted Danson. <laughs> Um, is this three men and a baby? <laughs> it, it had that feel. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that was great. Um, the arc, or not the other was we're doing story, and then uh, action, 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 action. Sorry, action. I'll give action an eight. Okay. Um, there was the fight scene with the sharks, and the little bit of the baby Thanos uh, bar scene. <laughs> Which was pretty sweet. It's phenomenal. The Baby Thanos panel just like, he was just flipping through and I saw it. It's probably one of the funniest <laughs> panels I've ever looked at. Because oh. he's attached to Ghost Rider's chain getting chucked. <laughs> I thought it was an umbilical cord at first, but now it's... <laughs> it's oh, it's incredible. It's um, so good. And it's, uh, so yeah, I thought that was good. I mean, I imagine the third is going to be a lot of action. Yeah. yeah. Volume three. Um, dialogue, I got to give it a, a 10 out of 10. Uh, it, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was good too. Like th- there was in depth, like in- emotional investment with with Galactus. I thought, oh yeah, but hey, don't you remember me? This and that, whatever. Um, and you really are invested in Frank Castle because he's really trying to do the right thing. But just uh, could you imagine here you are trying to do the right thing? You you, you want don't want to kill this baby, <laughs> but then all this happens, and all you want to do is have a drink. <laughs> uh, you know, and so I get that ten and ten. As far as reread value, uh, ten out of ten. 10, out of 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would show this to ever. This is probably one of the best comics I've read in a long time. Really? Okay. Yeah, this was really cool. I mean, to me, to my likes of a blend of humor, um, and action and storytelling, I just thought this was absolutely awesome. I will be picking up volume three. Good. It, okay. It, I am so excited for that Cable Guardians. And what to see Juggerduck is all about. Like <laughs> they like love putting these animals in spider ham and but it was a Captain Carrot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's a food, not an animal. Like what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I love. It. I mean, the Thor Frog is awesome. Yes, I love Thor Frog. Hey. And the Pet Avengers. I actually read the Pet Avengers run of Marvel Unlimited. It's hilarious. <laughs> That'll be something we end up reviewing now because I'm very, pr- I'm very interested. Oh, without a doubt. Speaking, <laughs> without speaking a doubt. of when we do the third indie comic, I have a suggestion. I'll probably tell you guys off air that I found in my comic book box. I'm like, oh, okay, you guys know. very good. All right, now my turn. Uh, 
Batman Kings of Fear, number one. Just came out a couple weeks ago in August. Um, gotta be honest, my first DC comic book pickup ever. Um, loved Batman character through, through the cartoon, through, through toys, through movies and whatnot. Batman's always been symbolic in that gesture to me, but never have I picked up a Batman comic and I was actually really impressed. Um, and I'm sure that there's hundreds and probably thousands and thousands of great comics like it. Uh, I'm sure Greg could attest to that. Um, it was cool. It was, it was an interesting book. Um, started off with a encounter with a Joker. Joker was trying to call out Batman. He knew Batman was watching somewhere and he wouldn't come out. So Joker cut one of his henchmen's throat. Um, and it's very, it's pretty graphic. Uh, there's, blood on Joker's face, and immediately after he does this, Batman comes in, kicks the shit out of all of uh, all these henchmen, and then actually, how does he get the Joker? Oh, Joker's about to, he's on the ground uh, trying to save the guy whose neck got cut, and while he's doing it, Joker's sneaking up behind him, trying to stab him, and Batman grabs him by the ankle uh, right before he's about to get killed, and drags him into the uh, Batmobile. Uh, and there's an interesting, you know, fun little dialogue. Joker's, you know, being the Joker, trying to get into his head, uh, playing the mental game, so to speak. And eventually, Batman can't put up with it anymore, so uh, so he puts turns the sleeping gas on in the Batmobile. <laughs> and jo- right before Joker passes out, he goes, "Ooh, lavender, my favorite." <laughs> so, all right, yeah. So he passes out. They're driving. And they awake, and Batman is dragging Joker into Arkham. And the nurses and whatever are complaining that Batman just comes in there whenever he wants, turning in villains. Um, <laughs> you know, a little dialogue, just kind of, kind of just trashing the Batman and, uh, the way he is. One of the nurses, uh, saying that it's his fault that the Joker is the way he is because he obsesses over Batman, which I thought was an interesting um, little point, but um, while this dialogue is going on, uh, Joker gets away in Arkham and actually ends up getting past a couple other doctors, nurses, and frees all of Batman's like original, like iconic villains, all of them. Like the top rogues, the top like Bane, Poison Ivy, Penguin. Two Face, Mister Freeze, Killer Croc, um, and they all try to—they all try to jump him. And within within a couple panels, Batman has beaten all of them and has them all. Joker's knocked out. Um, everybody's knocked out. But um, one of the doctors comes by after he did what he did and says, "Oh, but there's one more missing, and it happens to be Scarecrow." Which I thought was really cool. I think Scarecrow is, besides from Joker, one of the more intimidating uh, Batman villains. Like you can do more with him versus you know what you could do with like a Penguin or you know some of the some of the goofier uh, gimmick villains. I would argue the Penguin because I'll have to send you some comics with the Penguin that he's yeah. awesome. But Scarecrow, yeah, dude, Scarecrow's cool. Like, yeah, psychological. That's a great thing about Batman's villains. Some of them are really good psychological villains. Penguin yeah, is you can like get that a lot. Penguin is one of those people like. Low key, probably one of Batman's like top three. Like really? he would be in the top three for me as most dangerous because there's so much history with him. Uh, um, and the Waynes and like 
Dwayne's actually screwing over the cobble pots and stuff. So there's a lot of really cool stuff with the penguin, especially if you read different comics. But, okay. But yeah, no, Scarecrow and the the costume reworks they've done for Scarecrow makes yeah. Scarecrow so cool. I mean, I'm looking at this this right in here. He's, he he looks very intimidating, very intimidating. And then here we are. Um, at the end, Batman's in his Batmobile going to, about to, oh, he's about to hop in the Batmobile to, uh, go after Scarecrow. And Scarecrow comes out of nowhere, sneaks from behind, and goes, boo, sleeping gas. And, um, final panel is, I see you. That's what he's saying to, uh, to Batman. So, it's a first of a six issue miniseries. Pretty interesting. Um, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Definitely something I'm going to um, look into. Uh, probably going to pick up the rest of the miniseries. Um, I know I didn't say this before I started reading the comic, but I did pick this book up at House of Fantasy in Niagara Falls on Pine Avenue. It is a little hole-in-the-wall comic book shop, um, but it just feels right. The atmosphere is just like, it's what I would want from a comic book place. And the owner's really great. Um, he helped me. I told him what we're doing with all this, this podcast and, you know, he helped me. And he's, this was one of the books he suggested. He suggested a bunch of indie ones, um, as well, but this is one of the ones that, you know, kind of jumped out to me. Aside from that, uh, was it a Scooby-Doo one? Scooby-Doo Apocalypse? Yeah. <laughs> I, I that was that was the one I almost grabbed. It's 28 issues in. I'm probably just going to start reading that. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. That was good, but um, yeah, this is for my for, be my first DC uh, comic book pickup. Be my first Batman uh, comic book pickup. Very impressed uh, on all scales um, with it. So right into the grading, we have the artwork. Um, it was like a modern art with a traditional look. For his classic villains, um, and I, I did appreciate that. You know, they all looked as I remember them from the from the old cartoon. You know, the, from the action figures, they all had that look, but just a more updated graphic. Um, I'm going to give it an, a nine in the art department. Um, next one is story. Yes, yes, yes. Um, everything happened really fast, but I liked the cliffhanger at the end. You know, Batman thought he did what he, you know, he stopped another little jail, you know, jail breakout from these classic villains and comes to find out that Scarecrow got away. It was built up well. Um, I'm going to give that an eight. Action. Plenty of action to go around, um, especially with the first fight with the Joker and his henchmen and the visualizations that I got from Batman fighting with these these old you know his old villains, um, really well done and it was a it was good. I'm going to give that an eight as well. Um, next is dialogue. Dialogue. Um, dialogue was very good. I liked the exchange with Joker and Batman. Some of the things they they were discussing. Um, there wasn't. I mean, once the action got going, there wasn't much dialogue from there, but. I really like Batman and Joker's dynamic. And even I did, I did like some of the stuff that the nurse said was discussed with Batman about blaming him for the, why the Joker is the way that he is, you know, his obsession with them. So I'm going to give that an eight as well. Um, and the last one is rereadability. I would absolutely. Um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to finish that with an eight 
eight too. Um, it was fun. It was fun to see all these classic characters, and they're well, although brief, although um, they didn't provide much of a challenge for uh, Batman. It was cool to see them. Uh, it was cool seeing Arkham Asylum in a comic book, and I'm looking forward to see where they go with it as far as Batman versus Scarecrow. It's gonna be solid. So let's see. We got. Eight times four, thirty-two plus nine. That's forty-one, I believe. Sure, <laughs> sure. Niagara Falls math education. Uh, forty-one out of fifty. I'm going to give that one. So, very good. And we have one more to discuss. Yeah, our indie comic. Our indie comic of the week. Greg, you picked it. Yeah. You call it. I um. So I can kind of. I'm going to kind of blame my wife, but I'm also going to blame my mother because they both – my <laughs> wife was like, oh, maybe we can watch this. And my mom was like, you know, you guys need to watch this. You would like it. So we started watching Riverdale, which <laughs> – <laughs> And that's how I got to this. Is I started watching Riverdale, which is inspired by old Archie comics. And it's it's actually like – it's it's a drama teen show, but it's a pretty good mystery. And they do a good job of keeping it dark and like – I feel like anyone can really enjoy it, but it's it's still definitely got its its uh its gossip girl roots. Right, right. <laughs> but no, it's it's a really good show. But I was walking through um the comic book shop one day, and I saw Jughead the Hunger, and it's just Jughead Jones, the iconic crown and the the long nose, but as a werewolf. And I was like, all it right, was, what is this all about? It was an interesting dynamic because no, normally, I mean, not to cut you off, but like those Archie comic books. It's like, I don't know, you get this visualization of this happy, you know, stuff, and, and yeah. They they do have a darker twist. Than, even before Riverdale came around, you've got, like, Archie's Madhouse, which is this, uh, and then there was, like, Archie's Weird Tales or something. I can't think of the actual name, but there was, like, some ghost stories back in the day. Is there different universes, too? Because, like, yeah. when I read the uh, the Jughead, there was, like, five different other Archie comics. So I was wondering, like, <laughs> this is, like, an Archie, like, horror universe, and then... Essentially, yeah. Like, it's like most comic books where they have their multiverse where, like, it's just, like, they don't really acknowledge it the way DC and Marvel does. Right. But it exists. You've had Archie versus Predator. Archie versus Batman. Like Punisher DC. showed up. Archie, yeah. Archie, Punisher, Archie right. Punisher, not Batman. That was my yeah. bad. But Archie versus Predator was one that happened recently, too. So you had some weird stuff. But this is essentially Jughead Jones is from a long line of werewolves. And I think there might have been a uh, either the Zero Issue or a small run before this that's leading okay. all into this. Um, but you have Jughead Jones, who is goofy Jughead, always hungry, which is funny uh, why they picked him. He's always shown <laughs> eating in, like, every panel. Um, and he has run away from Riverdale because he was a werewolf and committed some crimes and murders as this werewolf. Like, a whole list. I think he killed, like, six people is the list he runs off. And goes to um, – he's working at a zoo. The comic book opens up before they even get into that, that Reggie Mantle has been attacked. And he's been attacked by some sort of animal. Clearly, werewolf attack. Jughead even mentions like he he regrets what he did to Reggie. Um, and you have this whole thing in the doctor's office where you start to wonder what's going on with Reggie, and his heart rate picks up, and they just say, "How is he alive?" Right. And it cuts away. Um, 
I don't know. Anyone else want to keep elaborating? Or? Well, I, I so well, I do like the storyline with that with, with like Jughead, where it was a circus. He actually, yes, 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 it was, and there was a lot of great dialogue with him and the character Abby, where she's like, you know, you're a teenage kid that ran out of a circus, like you know, and and I love the current reference that they made. She was trying to reference like you know why people run away to the circus, and there was like, the clown. I think it was like Bogo the clown yep. or something. And she's like, oh, he was a Ponzi scheme. He was a Ponzi scheme. And yeah. He was made off before made off. Oh, made off. Yes, yes. <laughs> I yes. popped. <laughs> like, I thought that was a really good line. And then she's like, oh, well, these two twins are beat by their father. Yep. Like, it was, it, it, it was cool because it's like that old, oh, we're going to run away to the circus and, you know, and they modernized it. Yeah. So I like that whole, and then he's in uh, this Abby girl's calling him cutie and like, Jughead's yeah. like, oh, the game is afoot. Yeah. <laughs> and they were looking for that, uh, that missing, chest i think it was yeah something like that but he ended up he ends up going to his trailer um because obviously at night uh he turns into a werewolf he changed himself up but he uh, he awakes to himself being freed he was handcuffed and and chained up and he realized that he couldn't have broke out himself that somebody else set him free which i thought was an interesting cliffhanger to leading into the next one um and then there was a little side bit too about some people. Uh, I forgot what their names were. Veronica. Well, there's Betty, right? Wasn't it? But well, there's Betty and Archie has one thing. Going. Yes, Betty and Archie got their thing and then going. Veronica on. had another thing going yeah, on as yeah. well. She was hunting. She's trying to hunt him down. She got her like I think it was an uncle, her cousin, her cousin. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, Betty yes. Cooper is a from a long line of werewolf hunters. And she's just treating Archie like shit. He <laughs> 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 just like, your reason why we got into this and this and that, and her basically forcing him to. Go find Jughead and kill him. Like, yeah. that's really what she's doing. Her cousin, like, shows up and rips Archie out of the car and <laughs> throws him on the ground. ground. <laughs> this is my cousin. Oh, yeah. And then that was her thing. They went to go search it. And that was just before uh, the end panel, which well, seemed. Yeah, that's right. The Veronica storyline uh, is the you, final panel. You can oh, talk about it a little panel. bit okay. more because she's with Mantle, right? You're supposed to be with Kind of, sort of, yeah. And this, like, it's it's different than the, the, the TV show. Like, in the TV show, there's different people are with different people. It's actually not. Like Jughead's with Betty and and vice versa. I really hope Josie the Pussycats are in this horror. Oh, run. They've got to be at some point. They're like, I really want to see something with them. <laughs> they're they're a key part of the show. Um, but Veronica is kind of on the phone with Reggie and like, how are you alive? I heard you were dead. What's going on? And you have all of a sudden where Reggie show up at the door. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, kind of kick the doors down. And that's how the panel ends. Is him standing over Veronica. It was. It was a little, and we didn't. We left it out, like, oh, and Abby is killed at one yeah, point. Just well. killed that. Uh, he thinks, thinks he but he was freed, and and he finds Abby dead, and it's gory, man. This panel, that panel yeah. was gross, and not what I expected. No, I expected lean and intense. yeah, eyeballs popped. It was more than I expected out of it, to be honest. But uh, I don't know. If, I don't know how we want to grade this one. If we want to do a group grade or just talk we'll do, about. No, we'll do group grade, um, and we'll go one at a time, and we'll start. We'll start. We'll go through everybody. So we'll start with the art. Yeah. We'll start with the art. Um, I liked it a lot. It was dark. It was, it was grim. Um, it put you in the, you know, it felt like the, the way, the whole way the art style was, it made it seem like it was a horror comic book. Yes. You know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, cause like I, I said a few minutes ago, like Archie, Jughead, it just feels like happy, normal Sunday comic. comic. Sunday comic. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you see this, and it's like, well, <laughs> well, shit's getting real here. And it, it it absolutely was. It was um, 
It was dark. I'm going to give the art a eight myself. I'm going to give it an eight. It was, um, and I did like the, the, the graphicness of it. Yes. How, you know, when he cut that, what's her name? I'm sorry, I keep forgetting her name. Um, yeah, the, the daddy, random girl. Yes, yes, the, the circus girl, and he cut her up, and yeah, her intestines were laying on the ground. Yeah. Like, it was so visual, so graphic. It was unbelievable. It was his only shot of love, too, and that's the thing, too. I know. Like, here he is, like, one person being nice to him. Yeah. You know, and... And it, it, it sets up a really cool for the rest of the run. Um, I'm going to, with the art, I think on the other side of it, it still looked like a classic Archie yes. comic. It still felt very original. Archie had a little more of the, the football player look to him. Yeah. But it still felt like an old school Archie comic while still having that horror feel to it. That's a great The take. upbeat panels had like a little more, you know, like that feel to it. And it was good. I, I'm, I'm going to go an eight as well. I okay. really liked it. I really liked the way it was drawn and the fact that they were able to blend that that nostalgia and horror together. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was completely different art-wise from anything I read this the, this week. It, yeah. it had a nice grittiness to it, and 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 it's almost like it, I even got a Riverdale feeling to oh, yeah. it with this dark, just ominous, like murders and stuff like, like that. Like Twin Peaks and, and all that. That's where Riverdale's inspired from. Like yeah, it, like so I almost got that like that, that vibe with it, which was, I think, pretty good. This is a nice read, I think, for honestly – Comic book fans or just fans of that TV show, I think either or can pick it up, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, or um, just a horror fan in general too. Yeah, I think yeah. like as a horror fan, this is something we're a fan of werewolves. <laughs> right? No, it was a very it's, cool angle. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I I'll give it an A too. I, I like like you said, like I think Jughead looked classic. Yeah, but then like I think they up they modernized where they needed to be, and the werewolf art was really good. Yeah, with, with Reggie in the end, like, I thought yeah. it was really good. And next is. Action? No. Storytelling. Uh, Storytelling. Story story, I apologize. Um, it was it was very good storytelling, okay. um, and it has me hooked going forward into the next uh, ones. And we we I mean I read this one online. You guys all read this one online yeah. as yes. well. They can't. They're sold out in a lot of the stores. It's really hard to find. I think the oldest I found was seven, and nine was the brand new one. So this is actually flying out of comic book stores. <laughs> yeah, House of Fantasy actually um, only did special orders for these. Yeah. They did not have any spare copies left. Um, but yes, story. I'm also going to go an eight. I'm hooked. I'm curious as to where it goes from here on out. I'm going to say a nine for this because I'm, I'm, I would, uh, I'm all for it and I'm interested in, in just the story of this one made me so interested to read the other things they're going to do like this. So I would definitely say nine. Okay. I, um, I really was invested in Jughead's story. Betty, as much as entertaining as it was, Betty and Archie, like, I want a little more explanation of why she's such a bitch. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't hate to, I said I was going to swear a few times. Every That's, okay. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. So, but really though, like, yeah, no, it's yeah. just like, I get it. She's a, you know, she hunts werewolves, but so did Kate Beckinsale. She was never so mean. <laughs> still, I don't know. Like, still, that was a little confused on, um, you know, and like the Reggie Veronica thing, I don't really have much of a backstory. So just coming in blind, I'll give it a seven. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Very good. Now is action. Um, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, there were some scenes. There were some yeah. scenes. And, you know, they were graphic. But obviously, this it was the first of many. So they're trying to build up stuff. You can't go too crazy. Um, so the action is going to be a little bit light for me because there was so few. Um, although cool, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a five on the action. Yeah. I'm going to go, 
and maybe it's because of all of my time watching ER as a kid. I'm gonna <laughs> go like I'm gonna go a seven. Okay. Because that opening panel where they were rushing rushing him in and like having the cash cart and all that i was like hooked on that i was right like, this is exciting okay like, this is really fun and then that the final scene of, of reggie kind of like coming through the sliding doors classic horror style like there was a, a lot of suspense feeling there um so I, yeah that that filled in like it was the very first set of panels very last set of panels um but it got me like excited to keep reading through all of it okay so. yeah i mean i, I kind of agree with greg on that one um the, I, I think the stuff with, with with the cousin Bo or whatever that was yeah. that was cool, and then the werewolf at the end. Uh, so I give it a six. Six, yeah. okay, very good. And then dialogue, very good dialogue yeah. throughout. Um, I'm actually going to give it a ten on the dialogue department. I really liked it, and you know, obviously it's the first, like we said, it's the first um, of a big series, and you know, there's there's a lot to talk about, but you're. For me, coming in, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning so much about this universe, so to speak. And, yeah, I thought the dialogue was very well done. I would, yeah, I'm going to go nine. Nine, okay. Um, especially, the show is cheesy. Yeah. So I wasn't sure what to expect out of the comics. And reading some of the older comics, it's more of that, like, golly gee, you know. <laughs> so, and not all of them, but that's the the vibe and what I expect grabbing an Archie comic. And it wasn't like that. It was very well written. It was very well thought out. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the dialogue as well. So yeah, Sweet. I'm going to go nine. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very good dialogue. You kind you like, especially stuff with Jughead and Abby. Yes. Thought that was really, really good. I'll, I'll give it a nine. I'll, I'll duplicate Greg. Okay. Very good. And then rereadability. Would you pick it up again? I mean, it's an easy pickup. You just got for us, you just got to go online. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot to take in, too. And I, I feel as if, you know, if I continue reading this story, that I'll want to go back and pick up some of these details. You know, I'll keep looking back at what happened to help explain what is going on and what will happen. Uh, I'm going to go nine in re- rereadability. Yeah, I'm going to go nine as well. This might be like a Halloween pickup for me. Like, yeah. Something I read around the Halloween season every it's year. It's a perfect time. I mean, it's September now. We're getting into fall, essentially. Yeah. So, like, it, it felt appropriate for yeah. this time of year, too. Hey, don't it. you worry. I have a list of, like, horror comics for October. I know. Dude, um, we got to find some stuff. I have a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. This would not be my first choice normally. Yeah. I'm actually great, glad Greg suggested this. And I, I would want to know what go, what goes on in the future. I was telling you guys off air. I I want to know more about Betty Cooper's character. Like that's the, <laughs> and I want a Van Helsing Betty Cooper comic. Yeah, of just a, her killing all these monsters throughout. Like I've always been enamored with like Van Helsing type characters. That's why I always like Blade and all the Midnight yeah. Suns. Right, right, right. So you know, Moon Knight too is another one that kills a lot of monsters. You know. So I like this. I, I'll, I'll give it an eight because okay. I'm still not late. I'm like, uh, it's still an Archie comic. And <laughs> right. like, no, you know, I feel, yeah. give it an eight. I, I want to know what happens in in number two. So Okay. Very good. So let me add up these. Oh, you're saying something, Greg? Yeah. I was going to say, and if, if you end up picking this up and you like it, there's going to be in the same universe, Veronica, but it's going to be Vamp Veronica. So it's the same style, but you're going to have a, a vampire Ronnie, which will be kind of cool. Um, I'll be interested to see how they do that. I'm a little more invested in Jughead as a character. So that's why, like, this was another reason I liked this. He's never been, he's always kind of been like the black sheep of the RG comics and more of like the fun, at least in the comics, the four more fun, upbeat, loving character in the show. He's like part of the, the uh, biker gang. So he's very different. Uh, but no, I really, I, I, 
I'm interested to keep picking up some of the Madhouse stuff and where yeah, it goes. Yeah, this is good. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you chose this because, like Chris said, I, this would not normally be a first choice. But the whole point of this show is for us to kind of expand our horizons a little bit. And, you know, I already feel like I'm touching stuff I normally wouldn't pick up. I mean, obviously, my first Batman one and then this being my first you know, Archie comic Jughead one. Well, getting into a modern comic too, for me, like, you know, uh, when they did all new and all different, I really haven't looked read any Marvel stuff since then. And that I'm so glad I yeah. took a risk on that. Yeah. yeah. That is, like I said, it is cool. I want a cosmic ghost rider movie <laughs> or TV show. Or, it's literally the coolest thing ever. Um, and I think what was cool is we went to three different comic book shops in three different areas. Yeah. Like Niagara Falls, Tanawan, North Tanawan area, what, uh, South Buffalo, West Seneca area. So, no, that's that's going to be a thing too, and hopefully we can you know broadcast out of these places sometime, um, and just keep keep helping people help these little. I mean, not necessarily mom and pop you know comic book shops, but well, I guess I guess kind of so. They're locally owned. They're, they're not like a small big, business. They're not like a big one like a David Adams, which I'll happily support as well. Yeah. Um, but support them and 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 tell people about them and tell them that you know comics aren't really that hard. To get a hold of. On the link for this podcast, if you if you fo- follow us on Facebook, drop a comment of where you get your comic books from. Yeah. We will gladly check it out and as well like have other other people be able to see it that way. But we'd love to go pick up comics from other places and, and support these places and check it out. Yeah. So drop a comment. Yeah. And give us those fan suggestions for, like I said, a non-Marvel, non-DC. Yeah. Other than that, it could be a local indie comic. It could be Dark Horse. It could be Image. It yeah. could, um, you know, what I was referencing earlier, I would just say right now, uh, I was going through my comic books and I forgot. Got that I have a rock steady and bebop. <gasps> oh, there's like, a new run right now that yeah, I want to pick up. This was the 2016 run, so like, oh. yeah. So I was like, oh, I have this. So like, yeah, things like that. They're just cool. <laughs> Boom awesome. comics. It'll give us an excuse to read about Power Rangers and other. Yeah, things. I did see a Transformers one yes. in the style of Beast Wars. There was yeah. a bunch of Transformers comics at this Empire Comics oh, place. God. I almost picked up one for my old comic. Oh, did know, you? Yeah, dude. Yeah, we're uh. Yeah, if you if you're not following us on Facebook on Instagram yet, the panel discussion, search us. We have um so far we've had daily polls and um we want your your choice. Really the first person to suggest a fan a fan book to us which is non DC non Marvel. Um we're going to pick it up, we're going to examine it, we're going to rate it and grade it. Um speaking of rating grading, oh, let me read through the Jughead ones really quick. Um Greg gave it a 42 out of 50. Chris gave it 38 out of 50, and I gave it a 40 out of 50. So it's a pretty good comic, I'd say so. Yeah, held um, up better than uh, Namor and Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. um, All right, and one quick thing too. Um, this episode will drop on Monday, and that'll be the beginning of our first of many uh, fantasy tournaments that we're going to run. Poll tournaments on the show or on the page. All you got to do is you know like our page and and click and vote. Uh, we have uh, 32. Person Heroes one, and I'll just read off uh, the matches really quick before we close the show. Um, some of them are a little more obvious winners than others, but here, <laughs> here we go. Superman, Mr. Fantastic, uh, Thor, Cyclops, Batman, Nightwing, Iron Man, Green Arrow, Hellboy, Black Panther, Dare, Doctor Strange and Daredevil, Spawn and Rocket Raccoon, Wolverine and the Punisher, the Hulk and Cyborg, Flash and Scarlet Witch, Hal Jordan and Aquaman, the Thing in Black Widow, uh, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Wonder Woman, Luke Cage, Jean Grey, Star, Starfire, and Captain America and John Constantine. So that 32, um, are the, probably some of the more popular heroes in comic book history, um, all in that tournament. And we're gonna, the match is gonna be a day at a time. Uh, so make sure you guys go like us, 
find us and vote. Um, do you guys have anything you want to add uh, to close the show? Um, I just like I've had so much fun doing this, and it's really like you know, um, like I said, I'm the least of the comic book experts. I'm more of comic book culture. Like I've gotten myself really heavily invested in almost every single TV show. Movie. Yeah. So this kind of lets me go back to the roots and stuff, which I which I think is cool. And I'm really looking forward to the fall, and I'm gonna try to like theme my stuff like we talked about horror comics for Halloween, and yeah, with these new like with the Green Arrow coming back and stuff. I want to. I think I'm gonna pick up a Green Arrow comic the next week or two. And, yeah. What is stuff the, like that? As so. movies, TV shows released. I think that's a good idea to do it like that week of, yeah. you know, just pick well, up a comic book. Greg suggested it. Week. Yeah, yeah, Greg suggested yeah. it. You know, I'm going to give credit where it's due. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's a cool, cool way to get people, get people excited for and everything. Like, and even for us and I, all three of us, I think can say this, it's hard to figure where to start or like different things about certain characters. Right. And that it's, it is hard. And there's so many different universes and so many different issues. Yeah. So this is a cool way we get to kind of talk about that and maybe help each other find these different universes, find good places to start, good comics to pick up, um, especially on some of your favorite characters. There might be Venom comics that uh, Matt's never read that I have or yeah. same thing. Um, and I know like there's a Carnage one that I read with Venom that he's never read. That's one of my favorite comic <laughs> books that I'm trying to get him to the hop on. Um, so this is a cool way for us as, as hosts and you guys as listeners to kind of pick up different comics to explore. Cause that's the best part of reading comics. Honestly, is the, the exploring new things. Um, I think the adventure part of it just as a reader makes the adventures of the comics even more exciting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Very good. So everybody at home, thank you so much for listening to us. This has been another fun episode. Um, We'll see you guys next week with a brand new batch of comics. All right? Make sure you get to us on that fan suggestion. All right? Take care, everybody. This has been the panel discussion.